0: Joining us now in our studios, our state representative from District 58A, Christy Purcell. Good morning, Christy.
1: Morning, Jeff. Thank
0: you so much for coming Glad in. To be
1: back in the studio today.
0: The um, legislative session is over. Is it? Uh, have you had a chance to exhale yet? <laughs> I'm
1: trying to, trying to exhale.
0: Yeah. You have. Uh, they've just finished up. What is a very uh, momentous uh, legislative session? A lot of things going on. Uh, some people say good, some people say bad uh that 's just a matter of time mm-hmm. before we all find out mm-hmm. it depends on where you sit at. But mm-hmm. let 's get your overall thoughts on the accession and what was accomplished this uh this year because really it was d f l driven with uh, the majorities and of course yep. the uh, uh, governor as well mm-hmm. um, overall was there uh, uh some celebration uh, involved with uh, the party or
1: um i th- Think so. I was too tired and just came home. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I think, um, regardless of of people's feelings on the um, the legislation, uh, we got things done in a way that because Minnesota was the only divided legislature in the country for at least the last two years prior to this, maybe four. I think Virginia in there had a divided legislature for a minute. Um, but I think a lot of Minnesotans just wanted something to happen instead of just sort of the gridlock. So um, no denying that uh, we got some things done. Uh, so at least then voters will be able to, to see, oh, I like this and I you know want to continue to vote for Democrats or like, oh, I don't like this and I'm going to vote otherwise. But I think when there's just a lot of um, treading water and standing still, it's hard to... Uh, be able to see the difference between priorities of parties. So the fact that um, you know we took action, and yep, hopefully we will we will have a, a far-reaching. Um you know consequences from that into the future. I I'm excited about what that future looks like, and mm-hmm. um, you know I've heard from a lot of folks that they are too, and that may not be the case for everyone, and that's fine.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, in the headline today is paid family leave, mm-hmm. paid uh, family and medical leave. It becomes a law. Yes. Talk about uh, talk about that. And uh, did you uh, it, that wasn't really part of the committees that you were on? That was a separate committee though, wasn't it?
1: Um yes, I think that had to go through a number of committees. I don't think it ever came before any of mine. Um and this is a thing that's been worked on for 6 or 8 years uh but my being new in the legislature, this was new for me. Um but very seasoned uh legislators working on this. Um I I was I was so impressed and learned so much. Um the you know the chamber came up several times and i met with uh with leadership from the chamber of commerce both locally and statewide who were very opposed to this um you know we heard feedback and something so i i ran a a business in town here where there were five employees and in the final piece of legislation those are called micro businesses and so um we didn't want to exempt the small business because I would have loved to give my employees time off after they had a baby or, you know, if someone was ill in their family and we just couldn't make the finances work, our pool was too small. So I loved the idea of having a statewide pool and um, employees, you know, put in, it's like 0.35 cents or something like that. Or 0.35 percent um, and then the employer puts that amount in and for those micro businesses the employer is exempt so they do not need to put the money in but the employees still have access so um, I thought that that was a really smart um, and and thoughtful uh, change to make for that legislation. and
0: as a uh, small employer myself I I do appreciate that.
1: And I think it's tiered too. So then I think it's like after you have, you know, eleven or more employees, mm-hmm. then the employer, you know, only pays half of what Target has to pay or whatever. And then it's like a twenty five. So, um, because I didn't work on this legislation, I don't have all those details at my fingertips, but I think um uh, because at least with like Minnesota care, for example, when we farmed it was it 's this cliff it 's like you make one dollar more, and boom, you are off the program mm-hmm. and I think we have learned from that for the Minnesota care buy in legislation that also got passed there 's sort of this tiered you know if you make you know this many dollars over that limit, then it 's this cost. so I was really pleased to see that tiered approach, both in paid family medical leave. In the you know Minnesota care public option and in some other pieces of legislation
0: once again, Christy Purcell is with us, state representative for fifty eight a They finished up the legislative session we 're talking about some of the uh, highlights. Uh, I want to talk about the refunds uh we 're going to get uh, a, a rebate or whatever you 'd like to call it of about two hundred bucks. You know, I'm thinking, what? Why even bother? I mean, uh, I think the, the, the people were expecting quite a bit more than that. 200 hundred's got of nothing. What, was, what went on behind that? Were you part of that uh, discussion, or did you hear uh, what people had to say?
1: I was not part of the discussion. I'm not on the tax committee, but I do know right away, I think at his inauguration, which I went to, the governor was talking about rebate checks, mm-hmm. and from the jump, Our tax chair, uh, Representative Gomez, was not having it. (laughs) So, um, and I don't know what the position the Senate had, but this is absolutely uh, an example of compromise. Mm -hmm. So um, what I tell my children when we have to compromise is a true compromise means no one is happy. So, you know, the governor wanted $2,000 checks. The House wanted zero. Um, I'm not sure where the Senate came in, but so we kind of landed... In the middle somewhere.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, when do we we should be getting our two hundred dollar checks. I think in the <laughs> fall. I think I was some
1: reading. Okay. Um, and then there's also like child tax credit. So I think there's an additional like if you have children in the house, then it's like up to thirteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. or something. So I I don't know all the details on that.
0: There is some big legislation involving the uh, the school districts. Uh, talking with Superintendent Hillman uh, the other day, he was overall very happy. Uh, with that, what are your thoughts on the uh, did the, the the school uh, bill, uh, education funding, and such? Did that meet your expectations? Were you happy about it?
1: I mean, I you know, Dr. Hillman has trained me. Uh, wanting five and five on the formula tied to inflation, uh, close the special education cross subsidy and the English language learner cross subsidy. And in order to do that statewide, after two decades of underfunding our schools, that would have taken an additional $4 billion over the base funding. And we just didn't get that target. We got $2 billion over base, which is a historic investment, um, but not enough to do all those things. So um, I'm very proud of our education budget bill. Um, You know, could we have done more with more money? Absolutely. Um, but I think this is just an incredible first step of rebuilding our our public education system. I'm the product of public school in Minnesota. We used to be the best in the country. We uh, really like to brag on that. And slowly over time, we have been not investing in our, our public schools. We've seen um, the the gap in graduation rates for kids of color versus white kids versus depending on your zip code and this is a big hopefully a a big um, boost to all children in all schools e through 12 in the state of minnesota it's not going to fix everything it's going to take more than you know one budget cycle um but i'm i'm really proud i think it goes a long way
0: you know, we've talked about some of the things that you've been involved with, uh, in particular the agriculture bill, mm-hmm. because you were uh, a co-chair or vice chair uh, of that uh, c- committee. Uh, but what about some of the other ones? Had a lot of big bills out there. What were the highlights for you, and was there anything that didn't get done that you wanted to see done? Were there highlights and disappointments?
1: Well, I guess what's top of mind, you know, the the governor issuing his first veto, uh, yesterday. Um, so the, the Uber Lyft bill that we made sure to prioritize at the very end of a very busy session, doing all our budget bills. Um, we prioritized hearing that the Senate prioritized hearing that. Um, and so having the governor veto, that is very disappointing. Um, the, uh, the, the, what seems like maybe a trend, you know, Mayo clinic threatens to pull out money and then, you know, the governor's office wants to, uh, you know shore that up Um, Uber threatens to not service greater Minnesota and you know the the bill becomes a study so um, that's really disappointing I've talked to Uber and Lyft drivers Um, when those services came to Minnesota a decade ago those drivers were paid I think it's like $1.85 per mile right now they get paid I think it's like 80 cents per mile so in 10 years, driving didn't get cheaper. Gas didn't get cheaper. But those companies and their, their return to their investors, um, that's been going up. And in the meantime, that burden on the, on the drivers, the people actually doing the work, and then the take-home for them is less than half of what it was a decade ago. So um, that's really a, a disappointment for me. Um, I, uh, I I wish that that wasn't the case. Um, we really stuck together, the Senate, with a one-vote majority, the House, and the governor's office through everything else this session. So for that to be the first veto is is really disappointing. Mm-hmm. I think we can do better.
0: Uh, once again, Christy Purcell is with us, uh or is state representative, District 58A, uh, looking at... Forward, this coming summer, you know, the next legislative session is after the first of the year. So you'll have uh, seven months or so to, you will still be a state Recover. representative. <laughs> Recovering <laughs> a little bit. And hopefully you can do that, a lot of that this long mm-hmm. holiday weekend. Yes, yes. But what uh, what lies in store? You know, what are some of the things that you'll be working on uh, from uh, you know the legislative standpoint? Do you have some projects that you'll be wanting to do? Some, you know, research, talking to people. What what goes on in the summertime?
1: Well, uh, I'll let you know. But uh, <laughs> t- taking some much needed uh, time off, you know, stepping back from the eighty hour weeks that we were doing. So seeing my family. Literally just resting <laughs> um, so that's that's a high priority, also, I mean, I think being on the ag committee and probably a lot of committees are doing like tours places, so um I signed up for a mining tour because i I've been in the um Sudan mine mine, but um we're doing tours like a couple different active mines, and so like I want to learn more about how that impacts water quality and jobs and you know um there's a you know there are conferences that are constantly going on the university of minnesota has a conference on kernza forever green is hosting um, and then an ag tour so the chair is trying to set up um probably just a one day long kind of bus tour and going to different farms and talking to different farmers and um seeing different aspects of agriculture so i'm sure Uh, all those things will be happening as well as continuing to try to, you know, stay on top of communications with constituents. Um, If there are events, I'll be at Pride next weekend. Um, So I was invited to come to that. So, uh, you know, here and there, but mostly um, taking this time to, to recoup, recalibrate, spend time with my family. I have dropped a few bills for next session already. So one is an outdoor school for all bill. So making sure that kids... Um, Get formative outdoor experiences at an accredited school. Right now, less than one-third of Minnesota kids get that experience at an overnight uh, place. They are all over the state. We have hunting and fishing in our state constitution, and kids are spending a lot more time on screens than they are in our beautiful outdoors, which is part of our culture here. Um, I have some bills about uh, soil health mentorship, Um, so kind of in that agriculture space, again, and I would love to just really supercharge um, the climate endorsement for uh, Minnesota Ag water quality certified farms. Really put a lot of money behind there and, and science to help farmers you know, sequester carbon and, and do uh, climate friendly practices
0: yeah I really like the outdoor school. I think that 's a, a, a valuable part of learning for uh, for yep. our young people. Go mm-hmm. and learn about the environment learn about the great outdoors and experience yourself. Do you know along with that uh you mentioned only a third go now and we 've got a few places uh, that they can go to mm-hmm. they 're probably keeping really busy Will the state will that include like the state owning or operating uh or Maybe working some of that into their their state park uh, system, or is uh, it's easy to say, but we got to implement. Yes, it, you know? yes. So
1: that's a great uh, question, and I would love to get to the point where we are asking that question right now. Um, the idea is that it's a grant program through the DNR, so it's purely voluntary, mm-hmm. um, and then it's scalable. So right now, you know, just those five accredited schools would not be able to take a hundred percent of you know, Minnesota school children between public school, parochial school, charter school, homeschool. Um, we just don't have the beds. So what a great problem to have. And then we could have some of these other places crop up. We want to make sure, though, that it's a high quality. So right now we're starting with the five accredited schools um, and to make sure that then we're aligning with the K through 12 standards. So whether it's a social study standard, a science standard, um, f- making sure that we're uh, helping out the teachers, they don't have to reinvent the wheel and in fact, they can go someplace and have a professional teach this um, and, and help them out.
0: yeah, good stuff i I, I don't think uh, there's going to be as long as the state cooperates a lack of people wanting to open up schools like that because nope. that what a cool what a cool opportunity for something to do Yes, so.
1: quite the bipartisan piece of legislation already for next session.
0: All right, thank you so much for uh, joining us not only today but throughout the legislative session. If things are happening, maybe we'll have you in again at some point. But Love if that. if not, enjoy the next seven months thank and enjoy you. your weekend.
1: Well, thanks. This has been um, really really great for me, and I appreciate getting to getting to come in every week and do a little recap.
0: All right, thank you. Thank you. That is State Representative uh, Christy Purcell from District Fifty Eight A we got news coming up with uh, Rich and Tim McNiff. News with the side of sports on the way.
1: At Northfield Retirement Community, making a difference in the lives of our residents is our number one goal. Hi, my name is Jody Neal. I've worked for NRC for over 35 years. When asked why I stayed so long, the answer was easy. The residents. Not only does what I do make a difference in their